I'm now joined by Elizabeth Vanta Black, a uh, comedian uh, who's been around for a while. Actually left comedy now. Some of you may know that she is at the centre, or one of the people at the centre of the uh, issues around the list and these various lists that were released. Now, I am well aware that I am probably not the most qualified or best placed person to be handling this delicate conversation, but Elizabeth chose this platform to come on and put her side of the story forward. I will try and challenge some areas. I don't know the people that were on the list. I don't know the history of Elizabeth and people on the list or the false list that was released. So this interview um, starts with uh, a pre-prepared statement from Elizabeth and then I will ask a few questions from my limited knowledge and try and get to the bottom of some of the controversy uh, and some of the areas. Now, if anybody uh, has any questions or would then like to come on and bring their side or their experiences in regards to the list, I'm free to open up the platform um, and be happy to have a chat. Thank you. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Hey, how you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Brilliant. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to join me. It's much appreciated. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Well, no, that's fine. Um, you know, it's like I say, it's just a, a chat. We'll go through anything that you can or don't want to answer. You just say so. I'm not going to push you, but... Um, I know we spoke prior and you said you would have a pre-prepared statement to start with. Um, so I don't know if it's easier to just want to, to read that out to get things going. Yeah, yeah, that might be the best way to start. So, um, yeah, thanks, Craig. Um, I'm going to start by just talking about something called um, DAVO. Uh, now, this is a well-known acronym in the field of domestic violence and sexual abuse. Um and it's used to describe how abusers react to accusations. Um, so that's first deny the abuse, uh, then attack the person calling the abuse out, and then reverse the role of victim and offender. Um, now, first, let me say it is only natural to deny the abuse, especially if you didn't do it, or if you feel your actions were misunderstood. Um, however, I'd like to people to consider the attacks and the character assassinations that often occur when someone calls out abuse and to ask people to consider what they witnessed on Facebook and consider the women who received death threats. Um, I'd also like to invite people to consider how the roles of victim and offender were switched. Uh, the narrative was a lot about being wrongly accused rather than a recognition that abuse is endemic in the comedy industry. Uh, when I contacted the police, they asked, um, are the victims safe? Um, and it's because of those victims that I'm not going to deny my part in this. I have a list. I'm an events manager, a book act. And like many events managers, promoters, bookers, I have a list of people I won't work with. The interesting thing is that the same names crop up on different 
promoters lists. Now my list and all my notes, as well as the files from my emails and Facebook page are all with the police. And that's actually all I'm allowed to say about my list. What I do really do need to say loud and clear is that the list that was published on a Facebook page was not my list. There were people on that list that I regarded as friends who now probably hate me and names I've never even come across, not my list. That list, the screenshots and comments and out also with the police. And again, that's all I'm allowed to say about this. I do, however, want to publicly apologize to all those people that got caught up in the crossfire. The confusion was damaging to those falsely accused of being on a list or of writing a list. But most importantly, it potentially put a lot of women at risk. And I'll never forgive myself for the damage all this has done to a cause that meant so much to me. I can't apologize enough and I'm working really hard to make amends. And the final point I really need to make is that anyone that is being threatened or has experienced abuse needs to report it to the police. Now, trust me, I know it's a difficult process, but only if we call attention to the level of abuse, then will we be able to change it. And above all, please consider your safety because in the last few weeks, we've uncovered some very dangerous people in our industry and I'm not exaggerating. Um, so that's my statement, Craig, um, over to you really now. Well, no, I appreciate that. Um, and obviously that states clearly your position um, on the list and what's happening. And like I say, I will, so from my side of things, I don't know anybody personally that was on the list. My name wasn't attached in any of these lists. And I don't think I'm either at a point of comedian or promoter level where I'm on anybody's kind of radar as such anyway. So I don't really have uh, the reason I'm saying it is I don't, I don't have um, a horse in this race for any reason. So from my side of things, I'm going to ask some questions <clears throat> that might seem obvious to people that will, I'm sure, listen to this particular podcast with interest who were maybe on the list or new people that were on the list. So any questions I'm asking, I don't know anyone. I've not been prepped for anything. So this is my own uh, inquisitiveness, I guess. Um and yeah, like I say, I'm not going to push on any points where you say you don't want to answer that, you're not comfortable, or you can answer that. And then, you know, if anybody wants to come speak to me afterwards and, you know, maybe wants to come on the podcast and, and have a chat, then happy to do so. But um, but yeah, this is really just about getting Elizabeth's side of the story get to uncover some of the aspects around the uproar that really, because it, it obviously with the the comedy collective that the forum and things that are on Facebook, it is quite a um, poisonous and snipey community at times, isn't it? I think you've been in comedy a lot longer than I have, Elizabeth. Uh, actually, I've only been um, 18 months before lockdown. I'm a bit of a newbie. Ah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a newbie to be creating such a stir <laughs> so if i give it from my from what i saw from my point of view so i saw so we're connected on facebook i use facebook purely for uh comedy connections 
Um, and that's it. I don't have friends and family and stuff. So I'm in all the forums just to connect with people and promoters and other comedians and things like that. And I've had some spats with uh, other little comedians here and there. Um, and I saw on your Facebook a couple of weeks before the uh, list was published or the, the fake list, which we'll get to, was published. But I'd seen on your um, your post, you'd said, I'm uh, pulling a list together. It will be, it's a, um, obviously I can't remember the wording really, because you've come off Facebook now, haven't you, and sort of distance yourself from everything. But the wording was something like, I've pulled a list together and there's a few of us that have begun to accumulate this list and it will be used as a way of um, warning acts and promoters uh, about certain people in the industry. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I can't say too much about it. And you know that I've had to delete my Facebook page, but um, yeah. And then, um, and that was was fine. Again, you know, it didn't really register with me because... I'm not somebody who would worry about that. So I suppose it's good that that sort of thing wouldn't register with me. Uh, I saw there was a few comments, um, didn't really dive into it. Now, fast forward a a week or two, again, another person that I don't know, and I won't name names, but posted this this list, an Excel spreadsheet with uh, color-coded red, amber, green, or I think it was just like yellow and red, whatever it was. Uh, the biggest joke that seemed to get dotted around was the Comic Sans font that was used, um, which everybody dived on. Um, and it on this list were uh, names of people who, and looking at the, the writing was in there, were um, on there for various reasons, but mainly because they were... Um, accused on a regular basis or by multiple people of uh, creepy behavior and um, were somebody that needed to be warned about within the industry. And there was almost like two people. There was the ones that were more serious offenders and there appeared to be others in there who had either not stepped forward and helped or had defended publicly on Facebook some of these people's reactions. And and from that, this is where it blew up. This is where the the comments and everybody chimed in. Uh, lots of threats around legal action. And, you know, obviously a, a huge number of people stepping forward and going, this is terrible, I don't know why I'm on there, you know, and, and trying to work it all out. And then it spiralled into the the Cardiff, sort of forum of people being like I know who's done this and la 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 and there started to become some of the the names like you were saying banded around of who's done this your name obviously thrown in there and other women's name was put in there and yeah it got extreme it there were jokes in there were people joking about the font there were people uh, joking about why people's names were on there. And Donna Landy had alluded to this during my interview of her last week about one of the comments for a list that was supposedly f- filled with names of um, dangerous 
sort of sexual predators, if you like. I don't know what the right sort of terminology would be, but for a list covering that aspect in this sort of darker aspect um, of things, people were joking in there about, well, your name wouldn't be on there if you weren't locking women up in your shed and tying women up in your shed. And it, it started to then become these, it started to branch off into these other little mini arguments because people would make these jokes and then people would jump on that and then they'd defend the jokes and defend the actions and more sort of women. And then, like you say, it began to get very personal. Women were being attacked and um, verbally, I should say. Um, Yeah, and it got, within a couple of hours hundreds of comments and it spiraled really quickly so from your perspective how quick were you aware of this being shown on facebook um i i actually missed the first bit of it the first thing i actually knew was a phone call um saying have you seen this and you know i'll say again i can't comment on the actual list that was posted because it it just it's not nothing to do with me um but what was really quite stark for me was a lot of my own personal life um being talked about so it had got very personal about about me and two women who one has tried to book me for a gig that's the only connection I had with her and the other one I didn't know um suddenly also being threatened my my as I came into it it had already reached the don't even dare stand on a stage again stage Mm. so you know somebody asked me about the legal action my reply was that's the least of my worries right now um because you know this had got it had got nasty very very quickly and i think all i can hope is that i'm the only one that literally personal details about my whereabouts things like that were being shared which really has made me a target And so the, so if we just, because this is going to come in different sections, yeah. I think, this, this discussion. So that list that gets published is, is not your list. No. That's nothing to do with you. So somebody has created this list, added names and changed wording and, and things like that. Um, from trying to sort of sift through some of the comments people were saying i've seen this list um this isn't the original there are names that were from the original in here the layout is similar it appears to be based on the original list so when you are sort of being brought into this now and you're looking at this list i know obviously you've taken this to uh the police but is it obvious from your point of view who's done what is it obvious that this has been picked out from your list or is this just somebody who may have glanced at your list and created their own for malicious intent um i'm not allowed 
to say anything because that is actually the active investigation. That's part of the investigation. It is, okay. and, and it is that bit about the malicious intent yeah. that is the investigation. So that's something I can't comment on. So can we can we talk about your list then and the reasons behind uh, your your creation of the list? So let's just go back to uh, why there's a list because that that's um, the fake list is where it all kicks off and goes ridiculous and everybody goes crazy and everybody jumps in and has an opinion. Now, that's obviously what's under investigation with all the various militia intent because it, and we'll go into the whole tarnish of reputations or yeah. as we were discussing previously, people's fears of being uh, labelled as some sort of predator, etc. or a danger to women type of thing. So if we go back to your original intent of creating a list, can we speak about that? why that came about yeah i mean i'm not i'm not allowed to talk about the actual list but what i can talk about is um so right first of all it's really really difficult to speak out and i think Mm -hmm. i think if nothing else i demonstrated that and uh, across comedy there are a lot of women who are scared to speak out, sometimes because they know when they do that shatters their hopes, their dreams of a career in comedy. Uh, but I'm not being dramatic when I say this has uncovered a number of very real threats out there, you know. Um, and I think I think that's that's behind this. Um, why? Why, in a way, we need to do that. Now, how do I put this? I, I'm all for this get-off campaign. And I've helped write codes of conduct. Um, But what we have to accept is that anyone can set up a comedy night down the pub. Yeah, anyone. Yep. Not everyone subscribes to the LCA. And when you're new to this world, you have no idea of A, that you need protecting, or B, what is out there to protect you. Yeah, so it was my second ever gig was where the abuse started for me you know I I was new to this world second time performing stand-up I'm not a young woman but but I wasn't prepared for it and you know that's why we end up with lists because I I don't know somebody please tell me another way to monitor this in an unregulated industry you know at least with a list we can tell a young female performer watch out for this one you know and and actually if we could do a better job of offering support sharing intel we might actually save lives because you know what abuse makes people suicidal sorry that got yeah a bit no that's okay um so so my experience obviously i've started a, a comedy night in southampton i've been in comedy since October 2019. Now, when I wanted to get into comedy, I'm 39. I do what everybody does when you want to find out about something. And I Google comedy nights in Southampton, open mic nights, you know, where a first-time performer can go. Now, there isn't something that pops up that talks about the LCA. 
there isn't something that pops up that talks about any sort of you know good blogs about code of conduct or things to look for or advice and guidance nothing came up i just so happened to find uh, a comedy writing group that wasn't too far from me and i joined and their experiences was what i was given as get onto facebook um, try and find comedy nights apply to those promoters and just go and perform and that was all the information i was given as a new performer and I only found out about the LCA when all of this kicked off and who the LCA were and, and what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and so there isn't a lot of visibility. And, and I know, you know, you're sort of saying about, you know, we need to create a list to, to warn people. Now, as a, as a man, you know, I'm a big man. Um, I look intimidating. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm bold got tattoos big fella carry a sort of alpha male type quality i'm loud um i am not like i wouldn't want to be tarnished with the gotta watch out for him and you know i don't necessarily change my behavior because i worry about that i'm just not a creepy bloke you know that's just personality you know it doesn't that's not who i am but i can see sometimes how it can be like misconstrued in the sense of so i'll give an example um i am single and there are single comics out there um who you go out and you're meeting other comics or whatever, and you're chatting, and you, I mean, it hasn't occurred yet, but you buy them a drink or get chatting, and then it, you know, leads into swapping numbers and all the normal courtship stuff, you know, normal, non-predatory type of things that you do these days. Um, there are times, and I'm sure there are always times when single comics, and other single comics will be chatting, and one will like the other one, one doesn't, and they'll ask them, their number or you know ask them out for coffees or drinks uh and that could get um turned down and they and they go right fine no worries get turned down now that to me doesn't seem creepy it seems like a normal way of being single asking somebody if they want to have a drink or meet up and it's a yes or no and then you move on to me the the sort of creepy element would be the not taking no for an answer. That that sound right to you? That's in my in my head seems like a normal sort of response. Yeah, and I I, I think you see the thing is that this is where it gets um this is where it gets a bit complicated. I mean, there's there's a couple mm. of things to try and unpick there. First of yep. all, you know, one of the things I've now started saying is um comedy is a job treat it like the workplace think would I do this at work would I put myself in this situation at work would I act like this at work I, I don't know if that helps um you know that that's that's one thing that I think if maybe more people considered um uh, you say uh, your appearance I mean 
I'm also, you know, uh, until last year when I was, I became disabled, I was, you know, um, also have bald hair, uh, bald head and quite intimidating looking. I'm a bit of a character. I'm a goth. Um, also aware that I can be a little bit scary. But I think what you're saying that, you know, right, how do I put this? I spoke to, I spoke to a very close male friend of mine. Um, you know, we were having a bit of a heart to heart about how shit I felt about all of this. And he said, I think, I think it's the worst thing that could happen to me being accused of rape. I mean, this is, we were talking about really serious stuff. He said it would turn me over the edge. And, um, you know, I got that. I absolutely, totally understood. Uh, mainly, I, I couldn't imagine him doing that sort of thing. But what I said to him was, in terms of, you know, psychological and often physical damage, being forced to have sex with someone is one of the worst things that can happen to anyone. So here we are with a very real issue for both sides. But because this is a cis male dominated industry, it's the perspective, it's that perspective of being accused wrongly. That narrative wins each time. And so, you know, what, what I get asked is, you know, well, it's quite normal to chat people up down the pub. Yes, but we're in a pub because we're doing a job. I don't know if that helps. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say something here because I'm, I'm very mindful that I suddenly got into something really, really serious there. Um, we have got people out there on the comedy circuit doing things that can be classed as sexual assault. Um, if this triggers anything for listeners, Rate Crisis have a new chat function on their website. That can be really helpful if you want some support and advice. And of course, Samaritans are there for anyone if you've been really badly affected by all of the ridiculous events of the last few weeks. So just, sorry, I, I just needed to do my kind of trigger warning thing That's there. Okay. I don't know where I've, I've gone a little bit off track with this because right, I'm going to come, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about dick pics. Um, okay. Because I kind of think that might actually be a, a good example of, um, you know, we're off, we often tell women, what they need to do to stay safe. You know, that's something we hear from a very early age. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about it as women because I'm, I'm a woman. Um, but from a very early age, we're told you what to wear to stay safe, where to go, where to stay safe. You know, here's me giving advice to, to new female acts, like don't, don't get in car shares if you don't know them. They're, they're, they're just, they might say comedians, but they're just strange blokes. Don't share a car until you know them or, you know. Um, so that's just one of the examples of how we're telling other comedians to stay safe. But there's a kind of, the other side of that is, how about you guys, and this actually applies to everyone, um, you do things to keep yourself safe from being accused of things and sending pictures of your genitals do you know there's no circumstance in which this is a wise choice within the kind of fact that you're working in comedy? Because just so, you, so everyone's clear, my collection of eight dick pics is currently with the police. I, I, didn't, want any, I didn't want to see any of those penises, just so you know. Yeah, no, I could get that. And again, from a bloke's perspective... Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've sent like naughty pictures and videos to girls I was seeing. Yeah. You know, in response to them sending naughty pictures and and videos as part of the whole 
culture of sexting and flirtatious and all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't text a woman and be like, here's a picture of my dick, like out of nowhere, or, you know, if that's not in the context of the conversation that you're having. And yeah, I mean, it, I know blokes do it because I've, I've got girl mates and, you know, um, female friends and family, that sort of thing. So I know it happens, uh, you know, and it is, we, what I don't get is how that's not the same as flashing. I think I've always said that to my friends. You know, if a bloke flashed you um, in the park and showed you his dick and you were able to describe him well enough to the police that they could arrest him, maybe done for indecent, indecent exposure. So, again, if somebody sends you a dick pic that you, you're not wanting or expecting, surely that can be handled the same that can go to the police but you've got better chance of getting them because you've tracked the telephone number and yeah you know the person sort of thing yeah so is that a thing yeah and and you know just don't do it don't do it because you know it is something that that you could be found out about and you know even if and, and that's that's the sort of thing you know you this is what I'm trying to say with this is that, you know, if you don't want to be accused of things, then, you know, guard yourself um, against impropriety. I mean, here, here's one. Um, the accidental boob fondling. Why were you that close? There's no need. There, there's no need. You can laugh it off and you can joke about it in, in a car, share with your mates. But, you, you know, I mean... Do, People don't tend to get too close to me, or at least they, they didn't used to. Um, but, you know, that was one of the things that is, it's really, it's intimidating, but also it's just not okay. And you're going to end up getting a bad reputation doing that sort of thing. Same verbal abuse, either from the stage at the audience or like in the green room or online, it'll get you noticed and not in a good way. Yeah, so again, there are two different things there, like the boob fondling or the accidental boob fondling. Yeah, absolutely unwanted touching and attention is completely unnecessary. There's no need to do it. I, again, talking from a man's perspective, um, you know, I'm 39. I've been out in pubs and clubs and chatting and dancing with women. I don't, I've never grab somebody's boob and try to brush it off as an accident I've never grabbed somebody's boob and been like oh there you go either but what I mean is I've never sort of thought or if I just so I don't really see how I don't know like I've never seen it done I've never thought about doing it you know and I'm talking from a bloke's point of view so I've never had it done to me if that makes sense so I find it hard to comprehend men doing that you know that sort of I don't know, groping a boob, leaning over and groping a boob and trying to pass it off as an accident. So, yeah, that's absolutely inappropriate. Shouldn't happen. Again, you know, reported. And, and So, again, that's what I'm trying to draw here is distinct lines because I think there's going to be elements when we start to get into grey areas yeah. where I'll have more of a firmer stance. Um, so... Yeah, so, you know, like I say, the accidental boob grope definitely seems to be. Now, 
where we start to talk about verbal abuse. So verbal abuse, um, in my mind, if I was to, I don't know, um, if you're getting a, a heckle from something. So I think one of the issues we've got with social media at the minute is you see these professional comedians and the put downs that they have for, you know, men and women in the crowds and stuff like that. And that gets replicated indelicately by amateurs on our circuit. <laughs> um, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I know. And I think that's, that's one of the, the, the gray areas that you're talking about is this issue of, um, you know, what's verbal abuse? What's a funny, mm. what's a funny put down? Um, but also like, how far can you go? And and of course, one of the one of the issues is it's it's horses for courses, you know, different audiences. I mean, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be really honest now. I mean, my material um, isn't for everybody, you know, yeah. and um, especially when I'm on stage with weaponry, um, it, it can be a little bit like what what the heck's going on there. Um, and I, I'll, I'll admit to this myself, if you hassle me in the green room just before I go on stage, I'll tell you to fuck off. I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in the zone. I don't, I don't want to be talking. Um, so, you know, no one's perfect. And that's me admitting I'm certainly not, you know, my material isn't squeaky clean. Yeah, but, which is, yeah, yeah, I, I just think that there is something. It's what I'm saying about the verbal abuse is it's going to get you noticed. If you get a reputation for yelling at audiences or insulting other acts or going online with massive misogynist rants, you'll get noticed for the wrong reasons. That That's just, I think that's how it is. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I think one of my um, areas on this is I've got a lot of um, sort of female comic friends that I've I've done a lot of gigs with, and we're you know a little community that we're sort of building up down here. And so I know a couple of them are um, on the side of I'll give as good as I get type of thing, and if you know they'll have that they don't regard um the sort of banter the locker room banter type of thing that doesn't um put them off or it doesn't make them feel intimidated you know they're all part of it and i think what causes some confusion is there isn't um i don't know how controversial this is going to be but there doesn't there isn't a very clear line of all women don't like this, so therefore all men, all other women or whatever, you know, just don't don't say this. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there isn't that sort of like we all know um, physical abuse is bad. Like you don't lay hands on people, don't rape people, um, don't grope people. That that's absolute clear cut. Shouldn't be done. I think the issue comes around with this the verbal aspect of um you know right and wrong good and bad acceptable unacceptable i think they're they're 
comes a few grey areas there. It can't be um, all or nothing. Does that make sense? No, I, I think I think you've got a really good point, and I think it, it's a re- it's a really really difficult one. Um, the what what upsets one person can actually make another person laugh. Um, yes, that that's where you know we we can really struggle. Um, and I totally agree. And I think um, this is why sometimes I think we need to specify, you know, this is what the issue is with this particular act. Um, you know, but I, I do think there are some there are some forms of comedy. Um, how can I put this? That there are some jokes that just you should just steer clear of. I, I, I don't know. This is difficult because, you know, some of my material people would say was offensive. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, again, you get into the censorship and freedom of speech and all this sort of stuff where people will will use that to be able to say, listen, I'll say what I want. Um, and the audience can be the gauge rather than um, PC type police. And um, this is where we, I mean, me and you had a discussion, me and Donna had a discussion on the podcast before, and I've spoken to a few guys because there's a difference from me. There's a difference between um, the performer and the person and to label them both, to label somebody, um, uh, you know, misogynistic because of their material um doesn't necessarily reflect on their demeanor and personality um if somebody is making light of rape or making light of physical abuse um there are elements where if that's constant and they think that's funny and acceptable then it, it can start to reflect on their character but I was saying, um, for instance, I think I use the analogy with you about you don't necessarily label Ed Norton a racist because it was in American History X. You know, it's just a character he's playing for the entertainment of people to watch that film. And that there is similarities with those on stage. And it needs to be the thing that I got from this list when it came out was it was a list of sexual predators or a list of sexual offenders and and that's what everybody thought so everybody that's named on that list were like oh why am i on that list i haven't ever you know raped or hurt anybody and it started to filter through that actually people were on that list because they had defended somebody who had made a rape joke or they had had an argument with i don't know other people knew there was all sorts of people were assuming they were on that list. Uh, I think they were, like you say, they were panicking about being labelled a rapist or an offender, a sexual offender, when really they're on that list for other reasons. And it was lumping everybody in together. seemed to cause a lot of panic. Yeah, and I I can't comment because that, I think, is about the list that was posted on Facebook. So I'm not able to comment on that. Um, 
but I do think, I think when anyone who gets into the territory of rape jokes, um, mm. they're getting themselves into dangerous territory. You know, I mean, one of the screenshots sent, sent to me, so I got sent screenshots, all sorts of stuff, like, you know, my inbox was just full of, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And there was one of them where someone had actually posted, why hasn't anyone stopped this guy from telling jokes about raping this woman? And the reply was, well, it isn't proven that he raped her. And I just, I'm like, am I the only one who can see just how fucked up that reply is? Does it have to be proven for someone to be told stop telling jokes about a particular person? You know, it's that. It's and the thing is that audiences don't know that they're party to something that could possibly be true. They don't know, so they're sitting there being almost conned into laughing at something that's so much more sinister than they think it is. And that's, I think, where you know, if you start with those kind of jokes, um. There's a big question about, you know, people need to know that that's the sort of material you're going to do and whether or not you want to be booked for certain kind of audiences. That needs to be shared. I don't know how else that can be done. Yeah, I mean, I can see the logic behind that. And um, I'm sure, like a lot of other people, and I know that whole it's not proven thing, I don't know, from somebody maybe on the outside. Again, I, I didn't see that comment. I don't know the people involved. Um, yeah, I just think I wouldn't obviously be like defending somebody's... When somebody says, well, he's joking about having sex with a woman who later accused him of rape. It just, it would be so uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to hear it or you know I wouldn't laugh at it type of thing I also wouldn't encourage or defend that guy's position but you know it's the person who is making those jokes yeah I, I don't see why they would continue to do it knowing it's just going to draw that sort of attention to it anyway so that the whole mindset wouldn't I wouldn't understand that mindset. So therefore trying to be able to defend it or, or speak to this person. I mean, I can't imagine that other people haven't said to him, why are you continuing with this set? Just change your set. If you're any sort of decent comic, you know, that five minute set or 10 minute set you've got, just bin it off. Yeah. Why continue with it? And just do another 10 minute set, write another five minute set. Yeah. It can't be that good. It can't be solid gold that you keep on doing it. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, I mean, surely there's better jokes. Surely there's funnier things you can write than, than that sort of thing. And I I, I just, I, I am, I, I can't get made around it. I, I can't. That's the, that's the, the ultimate thing with, with me. So, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, and I think that's one of the big challenges is offensive material, like, um, I think people should be allowed to be as offensive as they like, but also people should be allowed to tell other people that person's really offensive. Um, and I'm not sure how we do that. Um, 
so that was kind of what I was alluding to in what I was saying about this, um, some of the issues around uh, the list and people's worries on the list. Now, I so one of the issues I've had in comedy is being labelled misogynistic because my stories are about having sex with women. Now, to me, I, you know, don't understand how that's misogynistic. I'm not being, I'm not putting women down, not you know punching down or anything like that. I've got sets about um, uh, being dominated by women, and they're like, "All you do is talk about how dirty and crazy women are." I'm like, actually, I'm not labelling all women the same. It's these specific things that are happening. So from my, so defending my material side of things, I'm, like, I'm not saying that all women are dirty, all women are filthy, all women are crazy. I'm not doing that whitewash, sheep dip, all women belong in the kitchen or in the bedroom or anything like that. I'm just, some of the sets that I've got, or some of the jokes I've got within a longer set um, will contain a story about, a woman spitting in my face during sex and how shocking that was for me. And to be labelled misogynistic because of that, I defended. I'm like, that's I don't understand how that's misogynistic. I can understand how someone might not want to listen to such a crude sex story. Now, if there was a list of crude comedians who told crude jokes about sex and I was on it, I'd be like, Fair enough. Yeah, I do do that. I do make crude sex jokes. Uh, I'll talk about, you know, my failings as a father or my failings as a, you know, and if, if I was sort of labelled as a self-deprecating comic, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I don't mind being on that list. Um, you know, it, it's the differences um, that I think worry men of, of all being lumped into the same category does that make sense does that come out right yeah yeah um but sometimes it's it's difficult to distinguish because um you know one of the problems is uh if someone does and I, i'm trying now to speak um generally so that no one thinks yeah. i'm identifying them um there are people who do material like that but then also behave badly elsewhere. And and that's yeah. that's where the problem comes because what they'll say publicly is, oh, this is because of my material. And actually the word on the street is it's not the material. And that's mm. that's the difficulty is that then that starts a dialogue about material that's a bit of a smoke screen. Yeah material over the behavior yeah i and i i you know that 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 can be one of the things that you know so the dialogue's like oh well i need to and you know like i say i you know i talk about sex in my act um it's it's how it's kind of the thing isn't it you know it's what our experiences are it's what you know you're right from experience but um Mm. i i i don't I don't attack anyone. So I make jokes about things, but, you know, I don't do it. And and that's the problem is, you know, some people are offended. They are offended by material, but actually mostly 
the conversations I have with women, it, it's not that. It's the fact that there's action on stage. There's, there's stuff on stage that then actually is in real life. And and that's that's the problem. No. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. and one of the problems is, you know, being able to actually, I don't know, to, so like most of the gigs out there are run, they're run by men. Now, there's a lot more women bookers now, and, and that's that's brilliant. But they, they just don't, they don't get it. And, and that makes it quite hard for women to just quietly ask, please don't put me on the lineup with X. Now, that might be about material that particularly triggers them. You know, here's an example of that. Um, you're heavily pregnant. It's quite obvious to everybody that you're expecting a baby. The guy that goes on stage before you ends his set with a joke about stillbirth. Yeah. You have to get up on stage. Everyone in the audience has just done that horrible intake of breath and they're all now looking at you. And you've got tears rolling down your face because that's your greatest fear. You know, yep. now that's a real, that's a real scenario. Um, being able to say, I can't be on the lineup with X because he does that sort of joke. We need to be able to say that we actually do need to be able to not put ourselves through those traumatic situations. So that's just one example. Um, but you know, what we get when we do that is we get reactions like, well, he's funny, so I'm still booking him. Or, well, I'll move you to a different night. Um, or actually, and, and this happens more often than you, you'd imagine, the victim gets told. Um, and this might actually be more serious stuff where, where um, victims have come forward and said, this person has actually sexually abused me or groped me. or they've And they've been told, take a break from comedy for your own safety. And the abusers still getting booked, you know. And, and Craig, tell me, what do we do about this? What do we do when a young female act is being effectively stalked by a guy who tries to get himself on the lineup at every gig she does, so he can follow her back to her car after the gig? It's not a crime. He hasn't done anything. Police can't do much, but she's left comedy because she simply couldn't perform under those circumstances. So, you know, without lists. I, I want there to be an answer. No, you're right. Um, you know, again, it's, I'm not sure what the answer would be where it's helpful or possible on every single gig. I guess thinking of things in terms of a, if, if we're talking about comedy as a workplace and we're talking about uh, a HR function, if you like, where you can register issues and grievances, um, you know, and have it dealt with appropriately. Um, now, I understand that's what the Get Off campaign is about. Uh, Donna went into it the other week in, in regards to the LCA and equity coming together to try and produce something, some sort of um, regulation to try and regulate the industry somehow. A little bit. Um, the issue when it comes, and and understand, you know, you've worked in, in in workplaces, and where they've been a HR function. Now, in that workplace, 
if you go outside of that HR function and you just created a list yourself of people that you thought of as, as creepy or, or that sort of thing, that would cause similar issues, wouldn't it, within the workplace? It, it needs to be dealt with better than just a... Um, because this is where it starts to be used maliciously. This is where you could fall out with somebody over nothing that's not in any way um you know related to any sort of sexual um misdemeanors but um you still get lumped in with this list because you just go well fuck it assume i'm going to be able to uh, attack them and and this is why it needs to be given a way of handling uh, a complaint and obviously i know I, i'm old enough and i understand that um, the police handling of, of rape cases and sexual assault cases is is poor and it's not how, you know, it should be handled. But again, the going the other way in terms of always believe um, what you're being told and taking away the innocent until proven guilty element doesn't work because then you'll start to get people using it for personal reasons rather than, you know, it's the abuse of the system type of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there um, to, to pull out. I mean, there's there's very little evidence to suggest that the kind of abuse, the, the, that the sort of false accusations are any more than any other false accusations. I mean, I do, I do think, I, I will say this, I think, um, the police have got better um, about investigating these sort of things. And I'm mindful that if there are any people who have been a victim of abuse listening to this, um, you know, if if you report it to the police, they are, they are better. You can get support as well um, uh, from, from places like Rape Crisis. But also, you know, you can ask for, for female police officers if that's relevant to you. There's, there is a it is a bit better, but the problem with any um, conviction is the level of evidence that's required for a conviction, and mm. and that's that's the problem. If we only are going to listen to convictions, and in in fact, you know, um, we, we're not always listening to those either. Um, but if that's what we're going to listen to, if that's it, then there's an awful lot of people out there who will still not be kept safe. That That's the problem. Um, and again, I absolutely agree with you. I totally agree with you about the HR function, that in the normal workplace, you wouldn't go off piece like that. And, you know, I've got my, I've got my own regrets that I'm dealing with. I've got my own, you know, I, I literally went off the edge um, I, I was absolutely, I was, I was devastated when this all broke. Devastated for people who've been falsely accused. Devastated for the poor women at risk. For the people who've been getting death threats. Literally, it, it tipped me over the edge. I mean, my blood pressure went up, and I was, I, I had to go into hospital. You know, I actually admitted myself to say, "Look, I'm losing the plot here. I've done something so stupid." Um, but you know, I, I'm a footwear. I'll take the consequences. Um, but it's not a regulated industry and and that's where this whole kind of hr function 
you know, it, it, it's true, and I totally agree with it, but actually, how do we regulate any bloke down the pub? You know, it, you actually struggle now to set up any kind of institution without doing, um, you know, child protection check, you know, DBS, all that kind of stuff. But you can start a comedy night in a pub and you can advertise the female act and you could be a convicted rapist. Yes. That, and that's, um, that's the problem that how, what do, what do we do in those circumstances? Because it's not a regulated industry. I, I'm not saying anyone is, please, uh, you know, be careful what I say now. Yeah. I'm just saying that is the problem. This is not an ordinary workplace. How do we commun communicate to women? Don't, don't do that gig. So, so what I'm trying to say is, uh, in terms of putting the energy into some way of regulating it, so a HR function creates your employee handbook and the policies of working within that company that you read through and you sign, you say, yes, idea to these policies. Um, now, with the LCA and equity, surely there's a way that we can badge people like you do with doorman now so just taking an example of how you used to be able to employ anybody to work on your doors and these people might be you know they, in the old days could have been done for uh gbh or assault or whatever and they'd be working on the doors they'd just be there for a fight yeah and then that industry got regulated and it it got regulated pretty, I think it's quite robust now. Those people that are able to work on the door and they're badged up as such. And again, it's, it's all, they all work to a similar, um, you know, policies and, and HR policies. Now, could we not have followed that model or try to look at that model where any pub, because again, pubs are, they're very, you know, um, restricted and, and they have to follow their license laws and, they have to make sure they've got, you know, the seller certificates and all these sorts of training that happens within the pub. Now, if a pub is putting on events like comedy and stuff like that, it, it wouldn't be much for them to register that they're putting these live events on, as I'm sure they think they have to in terms of their licensing. Um, and that can then get flagged up to whatever you know and they just get a little policy book that comes through and says well your promoter has to make sure that all of their you know they read this and that thing is conveyed to the acts and the acts sign up to it and if there's any misconduct or any issues it can then get reported via this procedure yeah i i, I think that that's brilliant you know and i think that's let's hope that that's the direction we could go in you know let's hope because you know we we do need to do something yeah, and, uh, and again, it doesn't fix, you know, there are still doormen that kick the shit out of people because they enjoy it. But what happens now is there is now a route for that to be um, investigated properly and and and, um, and registered and, and raised along the appropriate channels <clears throat> rather than punters creating a list of 
bouncers to be aware of, to, just to give that, you know, side-by-side analogy. Now, it, I know it doesn't stop things happening, but what hopefully it will begin to do is uh, register things properly. And then at the same time, when, as, as I'm putting a show on, if I was to get somebody's reference number or whatever for their, if they want to be registered as a comedian or going to open mic nights, I put their registration forward and it flags and I get an email that says, dear Mr. Promoter, one of the acts that you've got on is currently under investigation for X and we, you know, don't want them working at the minute, you know, or, or whatever the punishment or procedure will need to be. At least you're giving some warning. Does that make sense? Yeah. That could work. Get flagged. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, anything really that flags that sort of thing. Um, but again, you know, that that will always tend to be the the harder hitting stuff. That's always going to be the stuff that um, is a criminal, let's say. Whereas some of the stuff that's maybe, I, I'm not sure if you call it low level, but you know, the stuff that just makes the environment unpleasant for female comedians, um, you know, that, that I still don't know what the answer is apart from, you know, women going back to just passing the message on and hoping that that gets around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose you could almost, you get to this. So once that's in place, you almost could get to like a food rating system where it would be, uh, I was speaking to Donna about it, almost like a film rating as such, but you could have it as a, we are rated as female friendly. We've had enough um, female comics give feedback. You could have surveys and feedback for anybody that attends the gigs, for the for the attendees, for the um, acts themselves. They could, you know, you could do a survey monkey thing. One of my friends, Tiz, was starting to set these things up because we use joke pits. So everybody registers themselves in there and then they get an email that says, how did you find the night type of thing? And you could almost have a rating system on that. We're rated out of 10. We've got, say, a particular promoter's night might be seven because there's adult crass material, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that could be some kind of rating system on there so that women, when they're looking to apply for gigs, they can see which ones are more to their liking and not just women. Also, you know, the men that don't want to be on gigs, you know, there's a lot of people with, there's a lot of autistic comments, um, comics out there, for example, and they might not want to go to a gig that's all a bit rough and rowdy. And, you know, if they want to just get up and do their set and not get thrown off or spoken to by the crowd type of thing, if it's a robust evening, that can be flagged or rated or whatever. And they'll be like, actually, it's not the night for me. I don't want to be on that. That's a bit too much socially for me to be able to cope with. Yeah. And there'll be other more friendly nights and have that kind of system. Yeah, I, I, I think all of these things, you know, can. They, we've got to try them because I think I proved that the list thing didn't work. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Yeah. And I, I, I think <laughs> no. I, I've been, I've been told um, I'll never work in comedy again. I mean, I've actually been told a lot of things recently but um you know that there's 
I'll deal with that. I'll deal with, I take my own responsibility for things. But yeah, I think, I think the last couple of weeks proved that the list thing isn't the way forward. But then we've also, so at least you tried to do something. So at least there was something proactive that you tried to put in place. And I, just from the, the sentiment point of view, I think you need to be applauded that you try to do something, whether, you know, obviously it wasn't the right thing to do in the end and the way it's gone didn't work. But what we don't want to do is not use the, the fact that it was required or action was required. We don't want to just ignore that. Hence why we need to build on that in terms of regulation badging registration whatever it is we need to do we still need to do something i think that's obvious can't just leave it unregulated no and you know one of the things that i will say is that um over lockdown i listened to story after story after story from women who had just given up on comedy they were loving they were loving the safety of doing videos of doing zoom um they were loving the energy of not being worn out by the endless battle of, you know, you turn up, you're the only woman on the lineup, you run the gamut of all the smutty comments, you know, it's treated like some kind of live Tinder event and you're the prey. And, you know, that was what I was listening to all the way through lockdown, listening to one woman after another, um, you know, highlighting these issues. This is so big and so real and it something has to be done something really has to be done i just went about it the wrong way yeah no and that's you know and that's fine and it again i'm going to i'm going to just potentially be controversial on this point and say that from a promoter's point of view when you go oh, i've got a night we're looking for acts you know come and apply if no women apply or one woman applies, now it's great. You go, oh, yeah, brilliant. I'd love to get you on. You know, you give them the opportunity. It, it's not the promoter's fault or the venue's fault that the she, she's the only act that applies. There's nothing you can do about that. Now, I know that the next stage is to then let that environment feel safe for them, which, you know, is fine. And if you're the only female act, you can come and, I don't know, sit on the promoter's table and, and sort of be out of the way. But again, you want to be part of the night and sit with the other comics and have a bit of banter. You can't control what the other comics are saying and doing. And, and I know there's no. something to be done on just general behaviours and and that kind of thing. But but the what annoys me greatly is on Facebook when somebody goes, oh, I've got a lineup of all these comics, and then you get these Facebook police who jump in and go, oh, oh, what a lovely lineup of all white male comedians. It's like, well, fuck it. why are you moaning about it? You know, and it's generally white male comedians that are the ones fucking moaning. Because <laughs> they didn't get on your lineup, you know. Yeah, this is what irritates me. And they make little comments like, oh, so I guess all black comedians were off that day, or... Oh, ladies, I, I guess you don't have, um, you know, a, a video camera. So you can't be on this um, this online Zoom meeting that somebody set up. And you think, fucking hell, he's only got four comics on there. Yeah. Um, it's just somebody set up an online Zoom comedy night. And the first thing a white male comedian jumps in and goes, 
oh, unlucky ladies, I guess you don't have the brain power to work a video camera, so you just stay at home. You think, well, why the fuck are you mentioning that? If it means that much to you, you set up a Zoom comedy night and invite female comics that you know on it. Like, do something about it instead of moaning about the issue. Be proactive about the solution. Uh, it's a really good point. And, and also, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of... Um... One of the things that's happening at the moment is, um, so I got told it's called pandemia. Um, the fact that lockdown has made us all go ever so slightly mad. So we're all jumping in on anything on Facebook and commenting mm. just, just for something yep. to do. So th- there is that element of, of that. Um, but, you know, what? What th- there's lots of things we can be doing that, that are positive. I mean, we're trying to um, organise like com- comedians, all female car shares. So, you know, you book one, you get us all, um, th- that sort of thing. So that, you know, promoters can see that that's about safety, but it's also about demonstrating that you've got cohorts of female comedians in certain areas that are helping one another, supporting one another. Um, yeah. We have a mentoring programme um, that's been taking place during lockdown where um, more established female comedians have been mentoring um, newer comedians. And again, yeah. encouraging that to be a way of going to gigs together, um, you know, and, and also that network of um, it won't stop of women telling other women. Um, yeah, it, that won't ever stop. It's what we've always done since Roman times. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we tell each other who to watch for. That will continue. Um, we just never put our head above the parapet again. Yeah, and you know and that's that's understand. I mean, that's a social thing. You know, that's a worldwide thing. There's, there's, we've got a lot of things that we ain't going to get right in terms of racism, ageism, sexism. Things are going to always need to be um, worked within the communities. You talk about, um, you know, in America with the Black Lives Matter movement, you still have black families and black communities who teach their kids to how to speak to police they've got to speak to police differently got to act differently around police so not antagonist these things are always going to happen now what also needs to happen is the education piece on the other side because if you and it's great that you're doing the women in, in comedy mentoring and these things are happening um but they're surely if and i know it's not all always men but the majority is is that it's men that are making the the comments or or causing the issues so there there needs to be almost like a something the other way there needs to be an education the other way rather than the warnings you need to sort out some of the issues as well yeah and you know some of that has been going on um you know there are some real good guys in the industry real good guys and you know they've been they've been listening to the word on the street and and talking to people who you know um, are appearing on on lists in general um, and and asking them you know like some of them just don't realise how intimidating they are or just how creepy their behaviour is you know so you know there is there is that afoot mentoring going on within male comedians where they're mentoring one another 
um, I can't comment too much on it because I don't know much about it. I just have had people tell me about it, mm. um, you know, but that is happening. And there is a groundswell um, of, of, you know, I, I, I like, I, don't get me wrong. I don't hate men. Um, this was never about that. Um, this was about the fact that, you know, enough was enough in terms of some of the stuff that's been done. And I'm not, I'm, we're not just talking about two women here. Some really horrendous things been done to comedians by other comedians, and it has to stop. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And, uh, you know, even just labelling comedians, it's not just comedians, obviously. We've got men and women out in the world in everyday walks of life, you know, working down a chippy or whatever, who are just going to be absolute arseholes. Um and that is the behaviour that we need to stamp out and, and work on globally. But the the so Bill Burr uh, had the interview. And I know Bill's obviously not probably the best person to be raising as the um, you know the uh, the guy to, to bring up at this moment in time with his reputation. But he um, said something in an interview about. Um, he was questioned about his um, reputation and um, being called like a woman hater and, and misogynist and, and this kind of thing and how he uh, was labelled as holding women back. And his response um, was rather than, um, and it, it, it wasn't, obviously at the time when he was asked, he was like, well, rather than women just being complaining about not getting given the opportunities, why don't they go and make their opportunities? But I think now it's what we see and what I was saying about these white male comedians going, well, that's not right for diversity and that's not right for women. It, instead of the the moaning and the wanting the existing establishment to change to accommodate, what made things like the suffragette movement and the women's movement and the black lives matter movement and all these things was um the community taking control and creating opportunities for themselves so if you don't like how it's currently being run if you don't like how my night is run then go and set up your own night you know how easy it is you know how these things run you know how you want to run it you know what is going to make it safe or make you feel safe and and again it's it's in your opinion and I know that would inc you know, include a large percentage and majority um, and show us how it's done. You know, sh show us how it can be done. Show us how things can be different. And then we'll learn that way. Yeah. And then to be well, honest, you know, um, the only way I'm going to get a gig now is start my own night. So I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was the only reason I was like, you know, I, in Southampton. Um, no gigs in Southampton. I was driving to Brighton, Pompey, Eastbourne, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Spoke to a couple of pubs. One pub in Southampton, a mate of mine and me were like, "Can we run a comedy night?" And they were like, "Yeah, okay." And it is as simple as that. And again, you know, we get into the whole realms of being unregulated and that. We don't know what sort of two weirdos we are just starting a night, but that, that's all we did. And then you put in Facebook, "We've got a night running. Who'd like to come and do a gig?" There was no money involved. We don't get money from the venues. We're not paying anybody, but it's a it's a night for people to come and do comedy. Now it is that easy. So the energy that you're spending, and I'm saying you as in 
men, women, whoever wants to be in comedy, instead of complaining that the opportunities aren't there, the doors, there isn't a glass ceiling. The doors aren't closed. Like, go and run your own comedy night. You know, have you've got the opportunity there to do your own material and to run it how you want to run it and make it as safe as you want to make it. And if I am running a night in Southampton and there's a woman running another night, a couple of pubs down, and she's smashing it, I'd be straight over there going, what's the secret? How are you doing this? You know, I, I've got no, there wouldn't be any like, oh, you know, fuck that, this is a rival. I'd be like, how do we make it better? What do we do? And this is, again, on Facebook where I put my head above the parapet and ran into my old nemesis who was straight in with his little cronies. And one of the lads, you know, another promoter in Portsmouth was like, I don't get a lot of women applying for my gigs. What can I do differently? And I was like, yeah, same here in Southampton. What what can we do to help? And this guy was straight in like, oh, you should check your own material. All this virtue signaling, trying to be a white knight and say things, you're full of shit. And I was like, well, what I'm doing here is trying to help, trying to be part of the solution. And this is where all the, the little cronies jump in and go, oh, you don't like it when you're told. I'm like, just being told by a white male comedian who's got no issues around safety or whatever. He's like, well, women come to me all the time about your materials. Like, I've never met you. So who are these women? Because the women I gig with, I still talk to now. So it's this nasty little pop shot. And I was like, you can't even be part of the solution because people won't let you. So go and show us how it's done. And then we'll learn from you. Yeah, and I actually think, you know, I, well, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just think, yeah, we're going to have to do that. I mean, no longer asking you to, like, please move over and give us room. It's just like, all right, shift now. Um, we're going we're gonna to start doing that. Ourselves. Yeah. And we're going to see that. And I think there's been a lot of women during lockdown start planning their their nights and, and things like that. And I... I <laughs> I'm not so sure about coming back to Southampton though, because you know I spent two weeks in the trauma centre there. So um, I'm a, I'm <laughs> oh. Southampton general, and and that I had a lovely view of that helicopter landing pad. Um, but um, I do think it's it is great to hear you um, hear you you know people talking out of this, and uh, you know I, I do hope we start to change things. But um, I also really really hope that that this has all died down now and that no one is is damaged as a result of the furor of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's now become a uh, almost like a meme. So somebody will say something and then it just gets chimed in with a comment like, behave, you're going to be on the list. Yeah. So it's still in people's conscience. But I think, um, and I don't know who the right people were, to take the next steps into that sort of regulation thing. But, you know, I think there's room for a debate and a discussion if we can keep the emotion and the accusations out of it and have a proper discussion um, where, you know, we don't have to resort to things like the list um and personal vendettas and you know f- fake accounts and all this sort of shit that kicks off yeah. there's got to be um 
a better way of doing things and that is hopefully what gets explored rather than people just going well fuck it you know just won't bother next time because it still obviously needs to be fixed or at least still needs to be looked at but um yeah i mean i definitely think yeah i mean i appreciate you coming on and giving your side as much as you could of where it came from why it was necessary in your opinion um you know and and what your intent was behind it and i think that is the message that needs to go forward um you know the 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 guys that were on the list and I, i believe a couple of female names were on the list as well um I don't know what's going to make them feel any better. I don't know if this podcast and the public apology or anything like that is going to make it uh, less of a sting if they were or felt like they were falsely accused. Um, So maybe I'll be contacted after this podcast goes out and there'll be another opinion that we could listen to that will add to it. I don't want to take away from it. I certainly don't want to regress um it will be nice if we could build the momentum towards a solution rather than the finger pointing accusation not really getting anywhere type of thing yeah um i think you know one of the reasons why i thought that this would be a good idea was about actually no there's an element of probably no one ever is going to listen to me again in my life ever um you know and and there's a lot of people who hate me but as a sam goth we're used to that sort of thing um it's like <laughs> you know yeah. but i i can't be the coward that like just you know threw a brick through the window and ran away um i someone had to someone had to do this take that dialogue forward and um, I, I, you know, there was an element of I might as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb. So, you know, I've said that. It's like here we are. Um, let's let's see what we can we can do with this. Let's just keep this dialogue going forward. And you know, if you can get people to respond to this and maybe show their side of the story, we might change things. Yeah, and, and that's that's what we've got to aim towards, isn't it? Change. I don't think anybody sat there thinking nothing needs to change. Well, I hope there isn't, you know, but I don't think it's um, necessarily going to be comedians that change the world. Um, you know, it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger thing than just in comedy. It's obviously we've seen it in the film industry with Weinstein and all that sort of stuff, you know, there's a, there's changes that are happening, but what we don't want to do is overcorrect and punish, uh, you know, innocent people um, by just flipping it the other way around. We need to find some happy medium um, or at least something we can all agree on potentially. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are some people who've talked about, you know, careers being ruined by being on the list. And to be honest with you, my experience is there are people out there who um, nothing's stuck and they're still working. It, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to work like that. You know, 
it, it tends to be the ones that speak out that end up blacklisted actually um and that that might be something for a future debate but you know, mm. it, it's worth like i say back to how i started deny attack and then reverse victim and offender that is what happens and that's what i just want people to think about when they see this sort of thing mm-hmm. yep no you're right we need to concentrate on that um, but I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate that you, uh, uh, do yes. baby, you got a baby soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that's it now. I'm, I'm, I'm switching off from all of this, yeah. everything off, social media off, my Facebook page off, yeah. um, everything off. I'm just going to chill out, listen to meditation music and get in the zone. <laughs> yep. Um, and I wish you all the Thank best. Thank you. Um, you know, as, as a father, and I know how how stressful these things are. So I appreciate you coming forward. I appreciate you going through it all again. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I say, anybody listening wants to get in contact with me, um, feel free. And, you know, I don't mind having a, having a debate and a discussion with anybody who disagrees with what we've discussed today or wants to have a chat about what we've discussed today. And if anybody reasonable wants to come on and, and you know, get on the podcast and, have a discussion about it more than happy to do so but i um just so everyone's aware obviously i've spoken to elizabeth um i won't be passing any messages on or or i don't know what's going to come of it but if anyone's like well tell her blah 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 obviously you can all go fuck yourselves and not get involved in any of that talk to me and i'll have a chat but this is elizabeth now going off to go and have a baby and i'm going to let her do so so it, the conversation will stop at me, I think is what I'm trying to say, just so everyone's aware. That's much appreciated. And thank you. Thank you for being quite brave to to have me on your podcast. It's been interesting, really interesting and, and great to talk to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. And hopefully in a, in a couple of months, maybe a year or so, we'll, we'll have another catch up and see how life's changed <laughs> and hopefully what changes have come in. Cool. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, Elizabeth, all the best. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much. All these episodes of the podcast from the Lampoon are brought to you with the help of our friends over at Joke Pit. Uh, For any aspiring comedians or promoters out there, Joke Pit is a superb platform to post your events, to uh, develop your affiliates, post your merch. There's a million and one things you can do there. Um, and our friends there have helped us massively and there's a lot more to come from them. So check them out over at Joke Pit. Thank you very much. <laughs>